What's Securing, a cybersecurity-focused podcast. Brought to you by Data Connect. Hi everyone, and welcome back to What's Securing. Today, we have a very exciting episode for you, touching on some vital topics, including what it's like to work within the cybersecurity industry, how are industries impacted by the technology skills gap, and how to put your best foot forward to start a career in cybersecurity. If you missed our last episode discussing all of the different detection and response acronyms, including EPP, EDR, NDR, XDR, MDR, SEAM and SOAR, then don't forget to go back and listen, or check out our most recent webinar in the episode description to catch it in more detail. So, let's start at the basics and define what we mean by the term skills gap. A skills gap is the difference between the skills needed to do a particular job and those that are available. Essentially, this means that there are more skill jobs that need to be filled and not enough candidates with the right skills to fill them. As a result, companies often find it difficult to hire and retain qualified technical staff particularly those with specific skills, such as data analytics or security specialists. One way that we can look at the impact of the skills gap in the security industry is to see what this means for organisations and how they protect themselves against cyber risks. One obvious impact of this skills gap is that there are many organisations left without the resources to effectively manage their cybersecurity plans. According to a 2022 government report, half of all businesses and two-fifths, 41% of charities have just one employee who is directly responsible for managing or running their organisation's cybersecurity. Although public sector organisations are much better resourced, with 17% having only one person in this role. Organisation size is also a factor here with the typical number of people directly responsible for managing or running cybersecurity operations in medium and large businesses being about two or three. The effect of having only one person or a small team responsible for managing an organization's cybersecurity is that their time and resource is more limited. And with limitations often comes risk. Not only does a skills gap mean that there are fewer people making up security teams in organisations, a third of all businesses have a more advanced technical skills gap in areas such as penetration testing, forensic analysis, security architecture, threat intelligence, interpreting malicious code and user monitoring. And this accounts for around 451,000 businesses including those that do not outsource these tasks and instead perform them in-house. In the same government report, it provided some examples of the skills gap, which I thought were good in highlighting how this is impacting real companies. It noted that those who are responsible for cybersecurity in 44% of all businesses and 46% of charities said that they understood the distinction between personal and boundary firewalls very well or fairly well. I found this statistic interesting because it highlights a really important gap in understanding among IT professionals. 
To unpack this a little more, let's have a look at the distinction between personal and boundary firewalls. Personal firewalls are installed on a desktop or laptop to monitor and control that specific device's incoming and outgoing network traffic. Whereas a boundary firewall is situated at the edge of your network and it monitors the packets of data as they move in and out of your network, permitting and blocking data according to its predefined rules. In addition to this, when those responsible for cybersecurity were asked whether they understood what a sandbox application was, only 23% of businesses, 30% of charities, and 70% of public sector organisations said that they understood it very or fairly well. Sandboxing in cybersecurity is a restricted environment isolated from the rest of the system. Application sandboxing isolates and shields an application from the outside or from malware, preventing the application from interacting with other apps or system resources. Separating an application in this way helps to create a secure environment when testing an application because it can run without the risk of affecting the overall system. These two areas are noteworthy because they are basic technical controls and they really highlight the skills gap in the technical security areas. Not only is there a skills gap in the preventative methods of cybersecurity, but there's also a skills gap in incident response. Within the research, organisations were asked to rate how important they thought it was to have in-house incident response skills. The findings concluded that just 19% of businesses considered these skills to be essential, raising nearly to a third among large organisations and two-fifths when specifically talking about those in the public sector. Of those that deal with this in-house, half of all businesses said that they weren't confident at all that they would be able to deal with a cybersecurity breach or attack. These statistics highlight a worrying trend because in the time following an attack, an organisation must be proactive to minimise the impact on the IT systems, as well as the impact on the operations of the business, so they don't halt to a standstill. How an organisation deals with an attack will affect their reputation and public image as well. The recommended procedure is to have an incident response plan that details exactly what steps need to be taken and by who. What is further worrying is that many organisations said that they were not confident in their ability to write an incident response plan, with 49% of all businesses, 55% of charities and 23% in the public sector. This shows there's not only a skills gap amongst those looking at the technical side, but also when it comes to writing policies and among more senior members of staff. For example, almost half of all cyber leads in the private sector said that they were not confident in their ability to carry out a cybersecurity risk assessment or develop cybersecurity policies. When it comes to senior management, around 4 in 10 did not think that their senior managers understand when cybersecurity breaches need to be reported externally and the steps that need to be taken to manage a breach. And this just shows to what extent the skills gap is having an effect on organisations and their approach to cybersecurity.
So, what do we do to solve this and bridge the gap that we see today? One way that we can help close the skills gap is for organisations to outsource their cybersecurity so that the skills aren't required in-house. Within the finance and insurance industries, outsourcing aspects of cybersecurity is much more prevalent, but the hospitality industry is the least likely to outsource their cybersecurity functions. The three most commonly outsourced functions for organisations are setting up firewalls, detecting and removing malware and incident response or recovery. Around 8 in 10 of those that outsource their cybersecurity have at least one of these functions included in their service. Interestingly, the figures of organisations that use security operation centres or SOC teams have remained consistent with previous years. Among charities, this was the lowest at 14%, with large businesses at 30% and 33% of public sector organisations using SOCs for cybersecurity. As a cybersecurity managed service provider, we've seen how the outsourcing of cybersecurity functions have helped organisations to bridge the gaps in their IT teams, as well as providing them with the added resource and time to dedicate to their other tasks. We know that from speaking to our customers, the IT teams face pressure to know it all, and cybersecurity is something that's fallen onto their plates as an addition to their everyday roles. By outsourcing aspects of their cybersecurity, they can have assurance that there is a team of security experts looking after this for them, and they can ease the pressure internally while still remaining in control. Another way that I see as being a way to close the skills gap is the development of skills of people who are entering a career in cybersecurity, while encouraging more individuals to seek opportunities within this industry. One positive pattern from recent data is that employers are taking on more career starters than before, which hopefully is encouraging to those wanting to begin studies in this area or pursue further education. The most available data set on this is from the year 2019 to 2020, which showed that the number of these enrolled in cybersecurity courses had increased by 17%, with the number of cybersecurity graduates increasing by 7%. It's really important to note that not only education within cybersecurity courses can lead to a career in this field, with computer science also being a great course too. The enrolments in computer science have also increased by 14% and graduates by 5%. What is really positive here, that is around a third of cybersecurity graduates with full-time employment status have moved into cybersecurity professional roles within 15 months of graduating, whilst most of the remaining graduates who went into full-time employment went into IT-related roles. Employers do continue to place a strong emphasis on having degrees, and there is also a high proportion of cyber sector organisations recruiting via graduate schemes. LinkedIn and the use of recruitment agencies has experienced an overall decline within the industry itself. What is also interesting to anyone that's looking to start a career in cybersecurity is that the most commonly requested certification requested in job adverts is the Certified Information Systems Security Professional, or CISP, 
which was featured in 39% of job postings. I asked one of our technical experts, Chris, about his experience within recruitment in the cybersecurity industry and if he had any words of advice for new starters. He said, Certifications are a good way to prove to yourself and recruiters that you are gaining knowledge. The exams I would recommend getting before starting to look into cybersecurity jobs are CompTIA's Network Plus and Security Plus. Depending on your previous knowledge, you might find their A Plus a helpful starter too. Some YouTube channels I found helpful during my studies were David Bombal and Network Chuck. I would definitely recommend getting a device for you to have a play with at home, with less chance of annoying users by blocking their internet access. Get on LinkedIn, speak to as many recruiters as you can. If you're able to, hold out for the right role that focuses on training and development. I think it's great to hear some first-hand advice from someone that's been through the recruitment process for both IT and cybersecurity roles. I also spoke to my colleague Jake, who's conducted interviews here at Data Connect for some of our technical roles, to see what advice he would offer to cybersecurity recruits. He said, I'd firstly say research the multiple areas of cybersecurity. It's such a vast field and it's not all about hacking. So often I'll ask people what their end goal is and they'll say pen testing or forensics. I think people miss out on other areas because they don't know it's an opportunity available to them. Link to this, trying to get experience in multiple areas of security will benefit you overall, even if you choose to pursue one field later. Also, I'd say to research multiple vendors within your chosen field, try to gain a foundational knowledge of your subjects, rather than a single vendor perspective. I think most importantly, I'd say it's most useful to gain IT user, network, server and cloud experience, not just a security focus. Usability is an important principle, and this will give you an understanding of the impact of controls you implement. So you may have noticed that we used a voice generator there, because unlike the rest of the team, not everyone wants to be podcast famous. When we discuss recruitment into the cybersecurity industry, and really technology as a whole, I think it's important to touch on how we should always encourage more diversity and make the industry accessible for more people. As a whole, the industry has become more diverse in recent years, both in terms of gender and ethnicity. If we look at gender specifically first, 22% of the cyber sector workforce are women, compared to only 15% in 2020. Those from ethnic minority backgrounds have increased to 25% from 16% in 2020. However, this upward trend in diversity does not follow the same pattern when looking at those in more senior roles, which tends to be much less diverse in terms of gender, ethnicity and disability status. One reason for this is that it can be more challenging in senior positions because the pool of individuals with the specific skills needed is much narrower. Another reason that I've concluded from the research I've done is that in roles such as penetration testers, where these individuals are less likely to be client facing, organisations can unfortunately see less external benefit of achieving diversity in this area. At Data Connect, 
We're very proud of our inclusivity, with our workforce a 50-50 split between men and women. We also have women in senior roles within the company. I asked one of our directors for her thoughts about diversity in the industry and her experience working in a senior role. She said, Within my 17 years in the industry, I've noticed attitudes towards women have dramatically changed. When I first started working in IT, you'd go to some of the industry's main exhibitions to find that the main female presence was very scantily clad young women being used to attract people to stands. And some of the taglines being used were full of innuendo. You'd never see this today. Although we now see a lot more women working for both customers and suppliers, more commonly, they're often in sales, marketing and administrative roles, rather than within technical. I think I could probably count on one hand all of the women I've encountered that were in technical roles across my whole career in the industry. I do think that this is changing, though. A colleague attended a university Capture the Flag event that Data Connect sponsored recently. And I was delighted to hear that a much higher than expected proportion of those taking part were female. So the work STEM industries are doing to encourage more women to break down stereotypes looks to be affecting change. So I look forward to working with more great female technical minds in the near future. I feel like we've covered a lot today in this episode. The cybersecurity industry is a great one to be a part of. It's ever evolving and with development of new technologies, it's really an interesting space to be in. The term skills gap and diversity are discussed a lot in our industry, but I hope we've managed to provide more clarity to their meanings and their appearance within the security industry. If you're considering a career in cybersecurity, whether you want to focus on the technical side sales or even security marketing. I hope you found this episode interesting and it's helped you on your journey. For any listeners based in Yorkshire in the cybersecurity field, you can also check out the careers page on our website at dataconnect.co.uk or get in touch at moreinfo at dataconnect.co.uk. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to follow our channel for updates of new episodes and give the podcast a rating. We love hearing your thoughts, so let us know your opinions or if you'd like us to cover anything in particular. That's all for today. Thanks very much.